friends and fellow Buffy lovers, and welcome to our podcast, where we discuss each episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer in detail, focusing on digging deep into the themes, metaphors, and foreshadowing. I'm Leah. I'm Sarah. I'm Tabby. And this is Becoming Buffy. We're back with another podcast. Woo! Okay, I'm the only one excited. <laughs> it's been a couple weeks. You have to warm up. I am so excited. And I know we say that every time, but I'm legitimately excited. Mm-hmm. This episode is so Because I love fun. this episode. Yes. And it's been a couple weeks since we've actually watched Buffy. And I always go through Buffy with rolls. Actually, how many days was it since we'd seen it? It was like It was like 13. I think yeah. I counted. I was like, it's been 13 Yeah, days. and I was like, so man, awesome. we haven't watched Buffy in so long. You start to miss the characters. Yeah, Yeah. they're like family. I only get like that with a few shows. Buffy's Mm -hmm. one of those shows. And then I'm actually rewatching Avatar The Last Airbender. And that's one of those shows that I get like it too, where I'm like, oh, I miss them. Mm -hmm. They're like, I mean, I relate to the Buffy, but. (laughs) Okay. But it's true. You know when there's good character development, when you actually legitimately care for the characters. And you feel like at the end of the show or whenever you finish watching, you're just like, oh, like I miss them. It's like saying goodbye to characters that like you've watched grow yeah, up absolutely but we're back and i'm so excited for this episode i know it's, uh, i'm so glad that the episode we get to come back to is angel yeah yeah so many things to talk about yep. in this episode yep. and like it like watching the episode back now it's still like an amazing episode but yeah. i can't even imagine what it's like to watch this episode for the first time yeah especially yeah. like i can't even imagine what it was like for people who like when the show was airing mm-hmm. and just being like, who is this mysterious I know. man? Like I, we finally get to find out about him. It kind of sucks that I watched the show way after it stopped airing. Yes, and you know I knew spoilers. I knew a few. I didn't know all of them, but I definitely an Angel was a vampire. Mm-hmm. So it's like, rare to you, find someone watching the show yeah. now that doesn't know that Angel's a vampire. Yeah. But it just was fun to like watch them unfold it because mm-hmm. it's been so long since I've like recognized like when they're going to talk about it, like how much... Uh, people didn't know or that they didn't give to us in the first couple episodes mm-hmm. that kind of hinted when, at it. When this episode aired, um, it had the most viewers um, of the show. I believe it. They're because like, everybody heard the whole seven seasons? They knew, um, no, sorry, not of the, the entire time. show. At the time, it was the highest viewership of uh, season one. Hmm, and it was sense. because everybody, Angel, everyone wanted to find out about out. Angel. Yeah, right. He had yeah. popped in and out, and nobody knew who he was. Yeah. And so they knew the next episode was going to be called Angel, and everyone was like, "We have to know who he is." Hey, I will. Yeah. Well, yeah. All right, you guys ready to start? Yes. Oh, and just for everyone who's kind of popping in, we kind of explain this every episode, but the first half is non-spoilers, so we talk about things that only pertain to every episode before this and this current episode. And then we're going to transition to what we call Scooby Secrets, where we discuss future character development, spoilers, anything in the future. So stick around if you'd like. Yep. Lots to talk about. All right. So this is season one, episode seven, Angel. It is written by David Greenwald, one of the producers, directed by Scott Brazil, and it aired April 14th, 1997, which, little tidbit, that is actually Sarah Michelle Gellar's birthday, and she turned 20 that year. Oh, no oh wow. So she was filming this when she was 19, which is kind of crazy. We open up, and we are inside the master's lair, and Darla's here. And we haven't seen Darla since, I think, the second episode. The harvest, yeah. Yeah. Which is technically the pilot, but yeah. yeah. You kind of forget about her, honestly, mm-hmm. and then she pops back and you're like, oh, yeah, I forgot Darla was kind of like a big deal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, they were actually going to kill Darla off 
in the pilot episode yeah. when Willow splashed the holy water on her. She was supposed to die, but they decided to keep her around because they were like, it would be a lot more compelling if we made it into a semi-love triangle. Yeah. And I mean, at that time, they didn't know yet what they mm-hmm. wanted Angel to be. Right. So they're so like, they were oh. still figuring out his storyline. So once I think that they decided to make him a vampire, mm-hmm. they were like, ooh, you know, yeah. keep Darla They want to show like a little bit of more of a darker side to Angel right. through mm-hmm. Darla. Yep, absolutely. Super good call. It was a good call because mm-hmm. Darla is Angel's link to the past, as we'll mm-hmm. see. But, yeah. So the master's pretty upset because Buffy's been killing a lot of his minions. And uh, apparently the anointed one's name is Colin. Oh, I didn't know I that. I think we <laughs> said that in the beginning of the when he first popped in before, but this is the first time we've actually heard him called Colin. Hmm. He's like Colin, which is such a like Lame name, stinker man. brat name. <laughs> he like, totally looks like yeah, a Colin. This is the anointed one. <laughs> Colin. Yeah. He said Colin. I was like, wait, who's Colin? And then I was like, oh, it's him? I was like, yeah, he looks like a Colin. The annoying one. Um, he says she ta- she's taken away so much, of, so many of my family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's interesting that the master refers to them as family. Mm-hmm. Um, You see that like Darla has, she says that she has a personal interest, mm-hmm. which kind of shows that like she cares, at least for Angel, that's kind of what it's assumed. Yeah. Um, well, the master says you have a personal interest. Right, mm-hmm. right, right. Kind of using it against her, being like, I don't know if you could think objectively about this certain yeah. project. Which is interesting, because mm-hmm. up until now, like, Darla hasn't really been in any, like, significance. She's just kind of been mm-hmm. like this puppet of the master. Yeah, and you start to kind of see that the master and Darla have a little bit deeper of a relationship than we initially thought because and it makes sense why he wouldn't have killed her and he killed the other guy who betrayed him um i think it was back in the harvest he killed the other guy so fast and darla he let live if he was Mm -hmm. close to her that would make sense i think he's just cautious of her going into it too because he doesn't want to like lose her Mm -hmm. yeah so then he mentions the three and we see this like epic shot of the three walking all macho in the alley i was like they called them fast so then we go to the bronze and it's the fumigation party where they get cockroaches <laughs> for drinks, which is hilarious. Oh, I know. So funny. Like how sketchy does the place have to be to like have an actual party? Well, how where you desperate catch- do those people have to be yeah. to be like, at least we get free drinks? I just think that's could so never. funny. That's such a small town thing. Yeah. Like no one else, they would close down the entire bronze if that were the case in any other town. But it just shows how like Sunnydale is just. It's the only place. bar, so they yeah. like can't close down. That's true. <laughs> yeah. That's true. This is a cool scene because you have Buffy and Willow talking about Angel, but also talking a little bit about Xander yeah. here as well. Well, Willow kind of takes it on herself. She's like trying to relate to her yeah. as if she's dating Xander. Yeah. I think it's really funny. She's yeah. like, Yeah, she's like, I know exactly how you feel. Well, and it also has this funny cut scene where like Willow talking about like how yeah. like Kind of, like she's making him sound pretty cool. She's like, you know, he gets really like, so, and it cuts to him like in the middle of the dance floor, the and he's like, yeah, being dance. so goofy. This man lo- looks like he has no idea what he's doing, and I just thought it was the funniest cut scene because it's like it pretty accurately shows like what a teenage girl like how crazy she kind of gets when she likes someone in high school right. is like she kind of sees them in this well he bumps into cordelia who we're like yeah. oh yeah cordelia's still in the show <laughs> and he's like hey cordelia he's like i don't know what anyone else says that outfit doesn't make you look like a hooker yeah <laughs> so mean and then he says something along the lines of like oh she's a regular breath of vile air yeah yeah <laughs> their burns are hilarious i know <laughs> and then uh buffy's all like okay well i'm gonna go now and willow pining after xander xander pining after buffy and buffy, and buffy pining. you see that no a lot in the first in. yeah season or so is like that triangle of pining after xander xander doing it after mm-hmm. buffy 
Yeah. So Buffy's completely clueless, walks away, and Willow sees a cockroach and just squishes it with her yeah. shoe. And like, she goes, you want a free drink? Yeah. Waves <laughs> it in his face, and he's just like, unfazed. Yeah. <laughs> and so then Buffy's walking through the bronze, and you kind of see Angel watching her. Mm-hmm. And then she turns around, and he's gone. Yeah. It's almost like he's a vampire. I also want to say I noticed this and I'm very proud of myself. She's wearing like a blue jacket that's like button up. Yeah. She wears it in the same first episode where she runs into Angel where she's lurking in the street. So it's the exact same jacket. Well, and you assume that Angel is the one following her. So she's wearing the same jacket she wore when she met Angel. But then he that's does. True. You think you he's doing the, the same, same thing. Yeah. He's up on top of the wire mm-hmm. and going to like surprise her. But finding out it's the three yep. Angel. It's really kind of a mm-hmm. cool juxtaposition of yeah. it. Yeah. Well, and you understand her logic because I think she says something along the lines of like, you know, I can, I, I know you're there or mm-hmm. something like that, which is kind of funny because kind of what she says in the first Right. You think in too, her yeah. mind, it's kind of like, oh, this is Angel. And she turns around, yep. she's like, nope, not mine. And the three actually overpower Buffy pretty fast and take her. I mean, there's three of them versus her. Right. And it looks like they're going to kill her. But then you have Angel and he says something really interesting. He says, good dogs don't bite or something like that. And mm-hmm. at first I was kind mm-hmm. of like, what does that mean? Why would you say that? And I think... I think that's supposed to be Angel kind of foreshadowing what's going to happen yep. in the later later on in the episode, yep. but also kind of just like reminding himself, good dogs don't mm-hmm. bite, you know, because he's supposed to be a good dog. So then they like run to Buffy's house, which I think is hilarious because Sarah Michelle Gellar is like running her fastest and Dave Briannis is like slow kind jog behind her because his legs are so much longer. He's also probably aware. He's like, I need to look attractive in this I, shot. Yeah, can't look like a vampire. <laughs> yeah. And I'm actually like really surprised that he didn't change when he was punching them because I feel like mm-hmm. in, later on he changes really fast. Well, I mean, face. I think he didn't want her to know that he was a vampire, so he's probably like, I wonder how much using all of his self control. Like, yeah. don't yeah. let her in. Yeah. Buffy says, "Get in, come on, really yeah. quietly, but you can hear it." Yeah, she I wrote that down. About that. I was like, mm-hmm. she didn't say like, no, she does. She she said she goes like, "Come in, come in." Like, it's like in a rush, like kind of like get in. Yeah, I wrote it down. She but it didn't get seem in, very formal. On. Like I thought about that. Okay, yeah. so it can be informal. Well, and he kind of didn't miss a beat. So it's almost yeah. like he imagined if she didn't invite him in, she just opened the door and just like he imagine got if she, stuck. She he's found like, out right um, there. Oh, he's like, I'm yes. just really polite. I can't <laughs> come in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then this is the first time you hear about that rule and you see it in action. When he's like, yeah, don't worry. Vampires can't come in unless they're invited. And she's like, yeah, I've heard about that rule. I've just never tested it out mm-hmm. before. Uh, which is an interesting, a really, really, really interesting rule to put into your show. Yeah. Because it, it actually is very helpful because it prevents like bad guys from just entering well, their house it, at any point. Yeah. It's, I think when it's just convenient for writers, because then there's not like, you know, constantly murders happening because they're just breaking into people's houses. Right. But I also think that it creates this level of suspense and like kind of creepiness because when they do get invited to the house, you're like, oh no. Mm-hmm. But then it's also just a fact of like, it makes the vampires have to like be clever and smart instead yeah. of just kind of like, oh, we can just come in their house. And right. When writers create a new vampire show and or movie, they have to kind of assess which old vampire rules they're going to keep or right. add on. And this is one of those old rules that they're mm-hmm. like, you know what? We can use this one. Yeah. It, it adds another layer of interest to the show. And like they decided like, to forego the flying, which yeah. from the movie did not pan budget. out very well. so budget. sad. Yeah. It's so sad. <laughs> You're really bummed about that, Leah. Yeah, so much better without flying. I will say it was. It made some of the funniest parts in the movie. Oh my word! Let's not remember the movie. <laughs> okay, for the scene in them in the kitchen, 
I I literally wrote down all caps, but like you Muscle. know, no, I wrote like chemistry. Yeah, like yeah. she. I'm sorry, but like. I would never put a bandage on someone and be that close to them unless I wanted something to happen. Well, like, even the way they're talking, too, she's like, oh, I thought you were following me. And he's like, oh, no, I live nearby. And he's like, why would I do that? Mm-hmm. And then they kind of look at each other. And then the mom comes in. So yeah. She's like, oh, um, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and so Angel has a tattoo on his mm-hmm. right shoulder blade and a bird of some sort. So then, well, I think it's supposed to be an angel. I think it's supposed to be, but it's kind of like how to squint at it. (laughs) But I think it's so funny how Joyce just walks and Buffy's all acting super sketch, like, "Oh, like mom, here, let me get you some tea." You think she'd be a better liar than she is? Buffy is an awful liar, as we she is. Yeah, I think it's because she gets too nervous and anxious, and she just doesn't know how to like. Yeah, she doesn't know how to like relax. Right, and Joyce is all like, "That's sweet." What'd you do? (laughs) Yeah, Joyce like sees right through it, and I thought this was interesting because. Angel didn't have to walk in. He could have gone and like. I think he's hid. just older, and he's like, yeah, I'm too old for this. Like, but I think that means in. he's a good guy. Yeah, he's totally. like, I don't want to hide from her mom, which I mean, I guess he doesn't. Well, and I, I think it's also like the fact of like he didn't want to create strife between Buffy mm-hmm. and her mom. I think he just wanted to be like, oh hi, like I'm sure. Angel. But I think it's funny that he put his shirt on super. He had two shirts on. He had like the little white tank top thing, and then he had the, the black shirt, shirt, and then over he it. also put his. Uh, like his suit jacket on. Okay. Whatever the heck that's that's called. Yeah. That's really funny. And then he just Mm -hmm. walks in fully clothed. And Joyce is like looking at him like, "Mm mm-hmm. Joyce knows exactly what's going on. I think it's because it's kind of insinuated that Joyce was kind of like Buffy when she was younger. So she's like, oh, girl, I've been there. (laughs) But I mean, she can tell the way her daughter's acting. Like she's guilty. And she's like, it's a little late for studying. Okay. So I really love that she isn't like, um, Buffy, he needs to go now. You need to go upstairs. She's like, I'm going to go to bed. You should too. And yeah. then she just leaves and goes upstairs, yeah. letting Buffy. Very trusting. Yeah. Trusting, but also like yeah. allowing Buffy to make those decisions mm-hmm. herself. Yeah. I also mm-hmm. thought it was funny how uh, Buffy says that, I mean, this is completely unintentional, but Buffy says that Angel is a history major, which is funny because like you find out later in the episode, he's practically been he's through all history. of her history. Yeah. yeah. Right. Which is super funny to me that they chose to make him a history major. Right. So then she's like, Good night. And then shuts the door and then so out on yeah. the stairs. They, they're not even trying to like be quiet or anything. Honestly, Buffy could have like left her house and then like jumped up to the second story or something like that way that like that but way she's like oh poor only angel heard. can't yeah. get up here <laughs> she had to like walk both like foot up the stairs and it's the loudest thing ever i'm like if i was that mother i'd be like oh i know what's going on <laughs> yeah and it's just interesting to me that there's like no conversation that we see of buffy and angel talking about this it's just kind of like this understood thing of hey you're gonna spend the night now well yeah. i also think like for buffy she's thinking oh he's a human who's injured i gotta help him out whereas sure. angel could have easily yeah. lied I know. he's like i'm just gonna see where this goes yeah, like, no it's yeah. so funny to me like watching this this episode in like kind of hindsight like even from the end of the episode like the more you think about it you're like Angel really didn't need to stay there. No, like, not that at was all. really like was a choice scratch. he just wanted to make. Like, which is so funny because Buffy's being like, oh, I'm just going to help him. And Angel's like, yeah, I'll stay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. They go upstairs and I like that she's like, all right, you can turn around while I um, get dressed. And we had this similar episode like this mm-hmm. with Xander. Xander tries to peek. Angel doesn't peek mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. And I was like, what the a difference. Dude. <laughs> yeah. The difference between a boy and a man. And then she asks, you know, um, what does your family think of you hunting vampires? Because he's basically like, somebody has to do it. And he's Mm -hmm. like, you know, they're all dead. And she's like, so this is a vengeance thing for you. And he does like the mother of all deflections. And he's like, 
you know, you're pretty even when you go to yeah. bed. And, and she- Buffy's like... Okay. Yeah, she immediately forgets her train of thought. I was like, smooth. I would too. I also noted some like foreshadowing to the end of the episode when she asked him, she was like, So it was vampires? And then mm-hmm. he pauses and just says, It was. Mm-hmm. Which it was we a find out later though. with him. Yeah. Well, right. he wasn't wrong. I mean, it was vampires. It was, you know, him. Mm-hmm. So then, yeah, I just, every time I hear that, he's like, You know, you're pretty even when you go yeah. to sleep. And Deflecting. I, yeah, <laughs> it was so smooth, Angel. So then they like, get into bed or she gets in bed he gets on the floor and then she's like angel do you snore which is a classic do you have a girlfriend line yeah does anybody sleep with you that tells you yeah well that's why he (laughs) says like that's why he kind of says like oh i i haven't been around anybody in a while they're both letting each other so they're both kind of saying like Mm -hmm. hey i'm single yeah exactly (laughs) yep in like kind of a creepy weird way though yeah it's not creepy but like there's definitely slyer ways of doing I that just, if just i were buffy i would not it. sleep the entire night i'd be so cautious yeah well we were talking about how like we like at least for me i'd be so nervous that my mom would come in or something oh like i just see like a random dude sleeping on my floor or like i'd be worried because like tabby knows like i toss and turn so much of my sleep oh, i'd gosh. be afraid that i'd like i've had to share fall out of fall bed. Off the bed i've had to share a big bed and the girl sleeps diagonally Leah. yes <laughs> She does. I'll come in and you guys are in some weird positions. (laughs) (laughs) It's not on purpose, man. So then in the library the next morning, Xander is just seething with jealousy. We see this look on him way too often. And he's talking about how like how impressive it is that he drank this whole Gatorade. I know. He's trying to put it on Willow's like genuinely impressed. I know. (laughs) Willow is such a sweet pure And then you see Giles sass every time Xander's Can we steer this conversation back to current events? (laughs) We really need to tally how many times Giles gets knocked out and how many times he gives sass towards Xander. Sassy Giles is my favorite. (laughs) Especially specifically his sass towards just Xander. It's like so he's good. sassy to everyone, but like Xander's is like a special kind of like he, annoyance. It's like the same type of response as like an older brother to like a younger mm-hmm. sibling. It's just like, stop talking, please. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think he just has little patience for him, yep. probably because he sees a lot of his younger self just in general because he's a just, teenage boy. He's a boy. Yeah. He's, he knows what younger right. boys are like. Yep. So then Willow's like, how do you always know all this stuff to Giles? And he's like, well, you weren't here from 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. or where it was researching. And I think that was a good moment because it's a reminder like, oh, yeah, Giles does a lot, even though we don't see him actively fighting, yeah. even though we don't see him a whole lot on screen doing a lot of stuff. He's like really behind the scenes looking up all of this stuff. Yeah. And I also think that it does good because it shows this isn't just stuff that they find as soon as they crack open a book. You know, they spend time, mainly Giles spends tons of time researching, making sure that he's finding out, like, everything he can. And, Mm -hmm. like, it's not information that just kind of comes to him, which I like that they kind of put little nods to that. Yeah. And Xander's all over here like, oh, my goodness, these three are really dangerous. You should stay at my house. Which is so funny. Wants to be on the same level. Which is so funny because in, like, three sentences before he was being, like, no, he shouldn't have been staying at your house, blah, blah, blah. And then, uh-huh. like, the, immediately, anytime he sees the opportunity to, like, bring it back on himself, he's like, you should stay at my house. It's I like, know. What? Uh, yeah. Nope. That reasoning doesn't make any sense, Xander. So then the master's angry at the three because they failed. And, oh, yeah, Giles had mentioned right before, like, okay, basically, word for word, what the master said is, like, they're just going to give up their lives to him. Because they have failed. And then, boom, you see them, like, kneeling in front of the master. And he's like, you have failed. Your lives are forfeit. Which I feel like is so extreme because it's like, 
dang, if you're going to kill everyone, like, after they failed once, like, you ain't going to have, like, anyone it's left. true. Which is so stupid because it's, like, they were actually the only people that we've seen up until this point that were able to, like, hold Buffy down for a minute. Yeah. And so it's, like, he just lost, like, three people that could have actually helped him. I just thought it was very contradictory that he said that taking human deaths was a big um, deal yeah. other than, or not human Taking all lives except for human yes, lives. That's is what a I meant. Deal. Yes. Yeah. I was like, that's very contradictory. Well, I mean, it's supposed to be like he says, it brings me a little pleasure or something like right. that. And then you turn around and Darla's like, bam. It's like she knew what he really meant. And right. he was like, well, I guess sometimes that's all it takes, you know? Mm-hmm. So the three is actually a biblical reference to the Gibberim from the book of Samuel in the Bible. Um, also known as David's mighty warrior. So there's supposed to be some great, great warriors and stuff from that time. But I know, like, if they were so great, why did they get killed off by so easily by the master? Like By one mistake. Right? And I think, Leah, you mentioned this point earlier that if they were so great, they obviously had never made a mistake like this ever before. Yeah. Well, the master's just like, one mistake. If they were old enough to get a title for themselves, they probably were old enough to have accomplished, like, many... Right. Like deaths or like things like that later on. Yeah, like got mad at them. It's just so funny that he's like, "Oh, they messed up one time against a Slayer. Let's kill them." Yeah, Yeah. well, and it's hilarious that like most of the vampire deaths we're seeing so far on the show are of uh, the Masters killing people. Not necessarily like Buffy's obviously still dusting vamps, but you know the Masters only like killing half his people. So Darla kills the three. And the next scene in the library, we see Buffy training with the crossbow. Yep. Well, first he says, no, the crossbow is too much for you right now. She's like, ooh, I'm going to use this. And she says something about like flying stakes. And Giles is like, no, you first you need to train with this wooden staff. And she's like, Giles, it's the 20th century. I'm not going to be fighting Friar Tuck. Yeah. (laughs) Which is so funny because it's like, even though like Giles has seen Buffy like pretty much fight every monster that's come her way he still like doesn't believe that she's like accomplished in a lot of weapons and stuff which just cracks me up yeah well he i think buffy got called a little bit later than most slayers or at least it seems like she should know more from what giles keeps like saying to her i don't know but um anyway giles is just underestimating her again and he keeps getting more and more gear every time he fights with her he's got like a helmet (laughs) and, and then you know she kicks his butt and at the end he's like all right you can fight with the crossbow. <laughs> so Bobby goes home and guess who's still in her room? My goodness. Like if, what in the world? Like I know she doesn't think he's a vampire or anything right now, but if she thinks he's a human, I'm like, what human boy would still be in your room yes. the entire day? Does he not have a life? Supposedly staying well, in the I closet. Think maybe he could play it off as the fact of like, oh, he's still injured. He's not ready to go back yet. But Sure. I just like want to know what Angel's game plan is here. Like, is he just going to stay until like forever? Is he just live there now? No, I think <laughs> I think his plan was to talk, like tell her like when she came back was like, hey, like I can't see you anymore. Yeah. Blah, yeah. Blah, blah. I think that's what he was trying to do. Yeah. But the attraction his, is too great. his plan was uh, flawed. Yeah, especially, okay, so then she's like, you read my diary? And he's like, no, 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 like, I hid in your closet. But she, like, exposes so much about her yeah. diary. Yeah, she's like, A doesn't stand for angel. Um, It stands for... Ahmed. Yeah, Ahmed, um, the guy, the foreign exchange student from my class, so... Hunk, yeah. eyes that are penetrating means so many different things. Yeah. <laughs> but so seriously, her closet is tiny. 
How it's do like you this there? wardrobe. It's not even like what a normal closet. It's like into the room, like a wardrobe dresser thing. Yeah, it's so small. Yeah, David Boreanaz is not a small person. I don't think he could even fit there if he yeah. tried. It's hilarious to think of him crammed in her closet um, while her mom's cleaning. He looks like he would look like um, Sully from Monsters. Oh, Inc. yeah. <laughs> that's, True. That's what Thrill. I'm picturing. <laughs> yeah, then they do the whole, I need to stay away from you. Yeah, he's can't. like, I'm older than you. And she's like, how much older? Mm-hmm. And then they kiss. Touch the iconic kiss. Yep. And then he like gasps and like looks away or something. She's like, whoa, what's wrong? What is it? And then he has a vampire face. Which has got to be so crazy for the people who are watching it live. Because mm-hmm. like I knew a few spoilers when I first watched it. And so I knew he was going to be a vampire, but I forgot how much they didn't show that in the first season. The yeah. first six episodes, right. you don't know. Um, but it's got to be crazy for mm-hmm. everyone like watching it live, not knowing anything. And it's so ironic. So like um, defeats the purpose in her mind to be like, I'm a vampire slayer. And the person that I'm dating or into mm-hmm. is a vampire. Yeah. Well, and it's I mean, the show is 20 plus years old now. And so most everybody is aware of who Angel is. But once in a while, I get friends who just have no idea. Yeah. And I just love it that they're like, wait, Angel's a vampire? And I'm like, oh, yeah, you don't know. Yeah. Well, it's and it's funny, fun. too, because like now there's been other shows or movies that have come out, Twilight or Vampire mm-hmm. Diaries, where like the whole idea of like dating a vampire is like, you know, cool or whatever. But Buffy was really one of the first, you know, shows to do yeah. that. So it's like it really was like a shock at the time. Yep. So then she screams. Angel jumps out the window and Joyce comes more like, like rolls out yeah, the nose, like slides. Yeah. And Joyce is like, "What's wrong? What is it? What you see?" And she says, "Nothing. I saw a shadow." Which I think Giles said earlier on that they are no longer human; they are but a shadow of what they were, or something like that. Um, but I just thought that was an interesting word choice for her. Nothing. I saw yeah. a shadow. Like I saw someone who was not fully human. Yeah. I'm seeing a shadow of who they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or who right. they once were. Right. Or a shadow of who I thought they were. Yeah. So then, you know, Buffy's talking to Giles. Is like, okay, so, you know, he, he can be good, right? And Giles is all like, a vamp is in a person. There is no halfway. Um, and yeah. Buff just wrestling with Which that. Which is interesting because I think that Angel really is the first gray element mm-hmm. that we've seen in Buffy. Because yep. obviously the rules have been pretty clear early on specifically with jesse where it's like as soon as they become a vampire they are no longer the person that they were before they are only the demon inside of them Mm -hmm. angel is the first person who kind of tests that theory Mm -hmm. and it's really cool because he's that first element of kind of shock you know and i know that joss whedon has talked about how he himself likes to set up rules in shows and movies because it's way more impactful when you break them Mm -hmm. and i think that that is one of the clear representations of angel is like he set up the rules Mm -hmm. of what vampires are and all this stuff and so when angel comes in and learning all about him now it's kind of like he is breaking Mm -hmm. those rules of what a vampire is which is very shocking i know we've touched on this before um but everything in high school when you're younger everything seems very black and white Mm -hmm. everything is like this is either really good for you or it's really bad for you this is this is good or this is bad and Angel is just the irony that he not only is he a vampire, but like he seems really kind. He mm-hmm. seems really sweet. He treated her well. He slept in the same room as her and yet did nothing. Mm-hmm. So she even says like, could a vampire be a good person? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, 
Yeah. It's very interesting. Xander obviously doesn't <laughs> want him to be. You're in love with the vamp? And Cordelia's like, what? He's like, uh, yeah. umpire? Yeah. yeah, such a like, Cordelia moment. She's like, this is a one-of-a-kind dress. That has to be a knockoff. Let me see the tag. <laughs> it just shows how clueless Cordelia is to anything that doesn't have anything to do with her. Like, she's just completely unaware. Yeah, she's in her own little That's world. That's true. Um, so then we see Angel's house for the first time. Yep. And Darla shows up and he's like hey so um last time i saw you you were wearing kimonos like why are you wearing a schoolgirl outfit which kimonos like that must mean that it was a very long time ago when they mm-hmm. saw each other probably back around when he and lost she his said soul the last time i saw castle. you it wasn't schoolgirls. Mm-hmm. yeah exactly which <laughs> is kind of interesting because then it's like why is she dressing like a schoolgirl then she wants his attention are you kidding me yeah she's still in love with him mm-hmm. yeah and then uh, i like the budapest line because it's very similar to the line that Black Widow uses in Avengers um, when she's talking to Hawkeye during the fight. And Joss also helped write that and directed it. So mm-hmm. I'm like, Joss, borrowing your own source material. Um, and Angel and Hawkeye both answer very – like, they answer differently, but it's very similar as, like, you remember it very differently than I do. Yeah, but um, it's also, like – this conversation is very interesting and I think it kind of lays mm-hmm. the groundwork for Angel because like she's saying like, oh, you live up here like one of them. You, you, know, live, you're, you you're, live above ground. Yeah, yeah, you're like one of them now. And then like Angel kind of retorts back and he kind of says, but I'm not one of like, I'm not like, one of I'm them. not one of you either. Yeah, he's like, I'm not one of them, but I'm not one of you either. Mm-hmm. And it kind of is setting up how Angel is just kind of torn he doesn't really fit in with either one and you're kind of like okay why and then she opens the drapes you see the sun coming in he tries to get out of the sunlight and then she opens the fridge kind of just like hammering in vampire he's a vampire like no you did not see anything funky like he actually is a vampire and then she mentions something about the curse um is like have you told her yet and basically tells him like if you do she's not gonna like you but like you should tell Mm -hmm. her you know just to kind of see so we know there's some explanation for why angel Mm -hmm. is the way that he is yep which is so clever that they decided to write all this in knowing that darla was supposed to die in the pilot like it would have been so much less meaningful if she had died and we wouldn't have had this really cool like well it adds a lot of dimension to angel's character Mm -hmm. because it shows that even though he seems to be good and he is has um his soul in him, mm-hmm. he's still fighting the actual demon that is taking over his body. There's right. this whole tug and pull this whole time. So I think it's brilliant that Joss wanted to keep Darla in at least for a couple more mm-hmm. episodes just to show the tug and pull, like mm-hmm. show how haunted he is every time mm-hmm. she's around. He has to physically fight it. Yeah, like he's sitting there and he's like, this is like hurting me. Like I, yeah. I see what she's saying, but like my soul's trying to break through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so then we find out in the library a little bit more of Angel's history. Yeah, they talk about his name and how he got his name because he is the one with the angelic face. Mm-hmm. Angelus. So yeah, so he was called Angelus um, when he was, you know. In Ireland. Yeah, in Buffy Ireland. Buffy says, you got that right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And then and Xander every other starts girl laughing says that or too. coughing. Yeah, Xander's like all coughing and they look at him. He's like, what? I have nothing to say. Ugh. Which we all know he has way too much to say. Yes, everyone knows exactly what he wants to say. So we find out that Angelus is from Ireland and then 80 years ago he came to the U.S. and shunned all vampires and lived alone. Uh, I think it was Willow was like, oh, so that means he's a good vampire. Then And then Xander comes in with, well, I would like to know what he was doing before all of this yeah which is so perfect because it's like willow trying to see the best of the situation Mm -hmm. and xander trying to like find out his flaw because he doesn't want buffy to see him in any positive light well and i think it also to give xander a little bit of credit 
he is not saying anything that's wrong. And he also does have a reason to hate vampires simply because of what happened to Jesse. But it's really hard not to see it in the light of Xander is jealous because he wants Buffy to himself and doesn't want Buffy with Angel, you know? So even though he may have good uh, reasons, his motivation is not very good. So Darla's with the master and um, she's like, I want to bring Angelus back to the fold. And he was like, oh, Angelus, my the most vicious creature I've ever yeah. met. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting that like someone like the master, like who's most likely seen a lot of vampires in his time, chooses to call Angel a vicious killer, which mm-hmm. I think kind of the points, most. Yeah, which kind of po- points to the fact that like he has had a very colorful past. Well, it's just interesting the little tidbits we're getting of Angel. And I love that we're getting most of our information about Angel from other people who know Angel, not yeah, just rather Giles than just reading up it. stuff. Yes. Yeah, we're hearing it from the master. We're hearing it from yes. Darla. Yeah. Um, and it also makes sense now why Angel's like, I'm afraid about the pilot episode. He didn't want to go in after Jesse when yeah. Buffy's like, why won't you go in? And also why he doesn't have any friends. He's been shunning everybody because well, he's, he's afraid of himself. Yes, he's scared of his demon side because mm-hmm. he so wants to be the human side with a soul. Mm-hmm. But yet, He's still living in the demon body. Right. So Darla essentially says, no, I don't want to kill Buffy. I want Angel to kill Buffy because that will bring him back to the fold. Right. And he's like, well, what makes you think that Angel will do that? She's like, because Buffy's going to go try to kill him. She's like, uh, and Angel's going to want to kill her out of self-preservation because that's just what vampires do. We we want to survive. So Willow and Buffy are studying. Well, trying to study. And I like what you said, Tabby, how they were kind of talking about every way in which Buffy and and uh, Angel would not be compatible. Um, they talk about how he's never going to die. Um, and then she's never going to have kids with him because he can't have kids. Mm-hmm. He's going to never age. She's going to age. Like there's so many things yeah. that just brings them apart. Yeah. And Buffy is really teachable. She's like, yeah, yeah, I hear it. I hear what you're saying. Like this is you, I need to hear it. And you need to keep telling me because I need to get over this. And Darla hears all this, hears that they're studying history, and takes off and goes straight to Buffy's house, where Joyce is in the dark. Yeah, tea. I think that, like, <laughs> Joyce is just such a mellow and, like, kind of brave character that she's, like, not aware that this may be kind of creepy. She's just kind of like, meh, the lights are off. It is what it is. <laughs> so funny. I was like, Joyce, so turn on a light. <laughs> like, probably everybody is in Sunnydale. Yeah. So she hears noise, and Darla knocks on the door, and it's like, hey, so... Yeah, I'm here to study with Buffy, and I help with the War of Independence. My family's from yeah. there. Yeah, and poor Joyce is so trusting. She's like, oh, my goodness, of course, come in. And like, Joyce is like, stuff. how many tutors do you have? Yeah, and she's <laughs> like, man, Buffy must really be stupid Three in this tutors in history. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, if I were a mom and, like, young high school girl was said that she knew, like, my daughter and said that actual name and said that she knew Willow, like friend, I oh, yeah. believe her. It totally yeah. makes sense. Her. Yeah, and Joyce is like, "Yeah, you need all the help you can get. Let's yeah. bring in all the tutors." And she's like, "Would you like something to eat?" And Darla's like, "Yes, I would." As she stares at her neck hungrily, mm-hmm. she said, "What are you feeling? Something big or something small?" And she's, she's such like, a mom. Something big. Yep. Yeah. And then uh, Angel is actually outside the house, which I think Sarah mentioned really cool, like this really cool point where like. The fact that, like, Darla probably knew that Angel was going to come and try and talk to she Buffy. She baited him. Yeah, and try mm-hmm. to talk to Buffy. And so that's why she was going after Darla. But I also just think it's really cool that, like, 
you know, Angel was coming back to talk to Buffy, probably mm-hmm. to expose his past to her, mm-hmm. or at least like trying and explain to her, which is just such a sweet thing. Yeah, he's he's like, all right, I need to make sure she's okay. We need to have this conversation. Yeah. So he hears Joyce scream, and her scream is actually sounds exactly like Buffy's scream. So I don't know if they both just are like, okay, let's practice our screams together, or <laughs> use the same audio clip. I don't know. It's just interesting. It sounds yeah, the same as when they both saw vampire faces. Mm-hmm. Yep. So Darla is like, welcome home, gives Angel Joyce's inert body, and Buffy comes in in time to see Angel struggling not to bite Joyce. Yep. And I think it's so interesting how she doesn't hesitate. You just see Mm -hmm. angels flying out a window. Yeah, which is really cool because it's like when it came to her, she was more like, oh, I'm confused. But the minute like her mom or like someone that Mm -hmm. she cared about was like getting hurt, she was like, nope, I'm not messing around. You know, she's more important. Right. Well, and you also like see that Angel doesn't really fight back. The fact that she kicked him through the window, it didn't seem like he did much. But the scary thing that I'm sure Buff is running through Buffy's head right now is, hey, Angel can come in my house at any point. Yeah. You know? That would scare me. Yeah. And she's like, you're no longer invited here. You're no longer welcome here. As if like that's going to stop him if he really yep. wanted to. Um, so this is actually the first time we see Joyce, Xander, and Willow in one scene. I don't know if it's the first time they've met, but it's the first time we've seen them on camera together. Yeah. Joyce doesn't remember anything. She keeps saying. Very convenient. Yeah, right. So Giles comes in and is all like, hey. And she's like, the school librarian? What's he doing here? <laughs> That'd be so weird. And and she's like, the teachers really care here, which is called back to Owen being like, the teacher mm-hmm. really care. Everyone's like, man, this librarian's just showing up everywhere. I wonder if people at Sunnydale High have noticed the partiality of Giles and everyone else. Yeah. I don't think they care, honestly. And most of people dying all the time. And most of them probably don't even know who Giles is. Yeah. It's true because he's always in the library. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, man, that man is married to his work because he's there from like, what, 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. Yeah. Yeah. And yet we're never allowed in the library. So then we have this cool scene of Buffy getting her crossbow ready to go kill Angel. And she's got a really, like, determined look on her mm-hmm. face. Mm-hmm. She has to. She has to convince herself mm-hmm. she's got to kill him. Well, I think when it comes to her mom, it's non-negotiable. In mm-hmm. her mind, it was like, okay, that's the line he couldn't cross, you know? And then Darla's mocking Angel. And Angel's obviously in pain. Yeah. And he I think won't is, accept who he is. Yeah, this is a really cool scene because it just kind of shows, like, that darker side of Angel. Mm-hmm. And, like... His pull towards like his demon side. Yeah. And then she's like, kill, feed, live, which is probably a vampire motto of like, we do whatever we can to survive. She says something like, you're hurting me. Like, that's good or something like that. And Angel just says, I want it finished. So then we see Buffy going to the bronze and then it flashes back to the hospital. And I love this scene between Giles and Joyce because a lot of movies and TV shows, they're like, okay, we have this information that we need to get to this particular Mm -hmm. character, but they do a really good job of having it pop up in the most natural way possible. Yeah, it seems very like conversational and like natural. It's not like, oh, this is just an information scene. Right. Or sometimes they'll purposely put information through conversation, but it feels like, why are they talking about this? This Mm -hmm. seems very forced. Yeah. But it feels like it's something that like 
would make sense why mm-hmm. he'd be talking to Joyce about this. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't feel like you're learning information during a conversation that you feel like would fit in either way. Right. It's a conversation that would happen. Yep. You know Joyce would be asking him, how's Buffy doing in school? Yeah. And it would pop up as in, like, and Joyce is like, she has all these tutors. Why is she not mm-hmm. doing so well? And it makes sense, you know? Um, and Giles was like, oh, snap. Like, Darla's the one that attacked. There's something interesting about the fact that he's like, I have to save Angel. I have to tell Buffy that it was Darla, mm-hmm. not Angel. Which which is just interesting to me. And I think that shows that Giles is like, hey, like there's a chance to save someone here, whether or not they deserve it or not. Yeah. I also think he's looking out for Buffy because he knows that yeah. Buffy cares for him. Yeah, that's and true. And he doesn't want Buffy to just go out and kill him for a reason that he doesn't deserve. Mm-hmm. So then Buffy's in the bronze and Angel's like, I'm just an animal, right? And Buffy says, I've mm. never hated a vampire before. I've killed a lot of vampires. I've never hated one before. And he says, feels good, huh? And yeah. it's almost like Angel hates himself. And he's saying, like, it feels good. To well, he's him. exposing every gross thing of himself mm-hmm. to them or to her because mm-hmm. he wants to give her every reason to kill. Right. He just mm-hmm. seems so tortured at this point. He hates himself. Well, too. which yeah. he mentions, like, he killed his family. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. he wanted to he's kill like, her. He's laying it all out there. Like, he's... I think he's genuinely trying to show her, like, I am I am not a good person. Mm-hmm. I have had such an awful past. And I think he wants to show her all these ugly things because otherwise he feels like he's being dishonest. My favorite line that he says is, you have no idea what it's like to do the things I've done and to care. Mm-hmm. That phrase Which, describes Angel's character right. so well. Which I feel like really shows what having a soul really means. It means you feel... You have remorse, you have empathy, you have guilt. Mm -hmm. Which makes him so much more tortured because he's still a demon. So he still has that pull to want to do bad things, but yet he has a soul that makes him feel bad about it. absolutely. And I think this is what makes um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer as a show stand out from so many other vampire shows. What does it mean to be evil? What does it mean to be good when you have a soul, when you don't have a soul? Like it just makes so many layers and it's just interesting the concept of soul. And so I think they've talked, they've already set up that a vampire is a demon without a conscience of that soul. What happens when you have a demon and a human with a soul inside of you going at war with each other? I I missed this earlier, but when they all were talking about all the things that Angel has done or Angelus has done mm-hmm. in the library. Um, it, it's like one of the most like impactful themes or symbolism because it's talking about when, let's say you're about to uh, date somebody or you like somebody and yet people come to you and they're like, hey, we've heard this or we've seen this. This guy mm-hmm. has a reputation mm-hmm. of all these negative things. And you're sitting there and you're torn and you're like, but he treats me so well. He's so kind. Mm-hmm. He He's never hurt me. Right. And this... A theme, I guess, in, in Buffy is a little bit different because he is actually a different person. Mm-hmm. Um, but you see him kind of fight the demon when he's around Darla, somebody mm-hmm. who was there and brought him down to that level. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm sure we've all recognized this in our lives where it's like certain people are just, it's harder to be better around. Mm-hmm. They can bring that down in you. Um, and this scene in the bronze is so impactful because it's like, hey, like I'm not going to hide anything from mm-hmm. you. These are all the things that I've done. And like, please just take me out of my misery. Like I, I just want, yeah. like I want to be taken out of yeah. this torture. And I think that Angel doesn't even really want her forgiveness. He doesn't really want her empathy or anything. I think he yeah. just, he wants to be, be at peace. Be at peace. And he really just mm-hmm. wants her to kind of end it. And like that way he can stop feeling like this evil demon 
He says, I can walk like a man, but I'm not one. Mm -hmm. Yep. Both physically and who he is inside spiritually, I guess you could say. I think it's interesting how we talked about this earlier, but you have a whole metaphor for having friendships, like having a relationship and then the friendships on either side being kind of like, eh, this is not a good person. This is not a, like, he has a past. He he could hurt you. And then Buffy being all like, no, he's kind to me. Mm -hmm. And then you have- You don't um, know him as well as I do. Right, exactly. (laughs) And everyone's trying to warn her about him. And then you have Darla over here who's talking to Angel, who's genuinely trying to grow and change is being like, no, you can never change. No, you can. There's a lot of different things going on. So then he says, I wanted to kill you, Buffy. And then she puts down the crossbow, shows her neck and says, go ahead. Which I feel like is such a powerful moment for Buffy because like, I mean, we'll see later on in the series, but like Buffy is such a strong character Mm -hmm. and she really does try to give people the benefit of the doubt and like give them every opportunity to be good. Mm -hmm. And so I think that like, this is like one of those first steps that she takes in like trying to prove not only to i think herself but mainly to angel that like you have chosen to be good you can be good mm-hmm. yeah but i think it's also too like angel's talking about how like you know oh when you're angry it's easy to want to kill them and she's going it's not easy being good because he's going oh like i wanted to kill you like a vampire or girl this is this is who i am and I'm she's horrible. going no you're different yep. the fact that you yep. are having trouble killing me and biting me shows that there is something in you that's redeemable. And I think that's the moment that she realizes, oh, I can't kill you. Even without knowing that he didn't actually attack her mom, even though he said he did. And we skipped out on this a little bit earlier. And I think it's important to note, he tells us how he got the curse. Right. Yeah. So he says, so we find out that he was cursed with a soul. So this is the first time we kind of hear like why he is like seemingly Mm -hmm. a good person or a good demon. Mm -hmm. Um, So he essentially fed on the wrong person at the wrong time gypsy girl yeah a gypsy girl um and then their tribe was super angry about it and they gave him a curse mm-hmm. and the curse is like it's honestly genius because it's yep. like it's good because it's like we're gonna give you back your humanity but not really because you're gonna be tortured the rest of your life you have mm-hmm. to live forever with all the memories and feeling bad about it and you're actually different like you still you're have still all of that inside of you yep yep exactly so then you're like, oh, hey, so it looks like they're coming to a resolution. And then Darla shows up. And I thought it was interesting. She's wearing a red schoolgirl uniform now, not a blue one. Like mm-hmm. she just like, all right, time to put my fancy yeah, things very on. Empowered, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, you find out that Darla and Angel used to be involved. And I like what yeah. she said. She says, the saddest thing in the world is to love someone that doesn't love you anymore. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it also, she also mentions that she made Angel, mm-hmm. which is yeah. very interesting because then it shows that like, it's an even more personal relationship mm-hmm. because it's like they have something that, you know, is unparalleled, you know, mm-hmm. is like they she created him. Yeah. And so then Buffy's taunts her and says something about how she's looking a little worn around the eyes or something. <laughs> I love that insult. And she pulls out the crossbow and Darla's like scary. And yeah, pulls she pulls out, out guns, guns, which I'm like, why? But it also kind of shows like super clever, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's she's like, weird, I'm here to kill you. But I think it's also like that like it's one of those things the more that i thought about it was like she's bringing guns because most of the time when vampires kill it's they kill because either one they think it's fun or two because they're hungry or both 
Um, but for this <laughs> one, you can tell with Darla, like she just was angry and just wanted to kill Buffy because she's like, here to make sure it gets yeah. done. Yeah, yeah. And so it wasn't like for any normal reason for a vampire. Like she just mm-hmm. wanted Buffy dead. Yeah. Once she saw that it's not actually going to work, like Angel's not going to kill her, she's like, okay, we're just going to get this done. And then you also find out that bullets can't kill vampires because she shoots Angel, right? Because mm-hmm. they're not wood. So then Giles. Xander and Willow are like, hey, like, we have to let Buffy know. They hear gunshots inside the bronze. They're like, hey, we have to, like, distract Darla somehow. And Willow's like, all right. She's like, Buffy, Darla killed you. Or Darla hurt your mom, not Angel. Angel. I thought it was really impressive. Buffy pushes a pool table. Those things are heavy. Heavy, She pushes those like nothing. I love the subtle hints at how strong she is in the show. Like with the door in season, or episode one, like yeah. there's so many scenarios where you're like, oh, I forget, mm-hmm. like, this is a very real sense, like, yeah. I can't yeah. push a pool table. Yeah. And it's really cool because um, after Darla, get, like, gets knocked into the glass table and, like, all that mm-hmm. and then stands up, I noticed that the light on yeah. Darla is blue and the light on Angel is, like, red. a yellowy orange. Well, it's kind of reddish. They do those two colors mm-hmm. in the very same ways throughout the entire show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is like, again, we've talked blue about how it's dark. like symbolism for like blue mm-hmm. is like the evil, like soulless type thing. And then yeah. the yellowy, like orangey is the like mm-hmm. soul, bright. redemption, bright, like mm-hmm. good thing, which is just so brilliantly this done. This whole scene is just beautiful because you have the smoke and then you have like, it's the yeah. lights, red and blue lights are flickering. And then you have that, that moment where Angel stakes Darla and that music just kind of swells in that moment too and you yeah. could tell that that was a very very hard thing for angel to do yeah. and you could tell it hurt darla like emotionally I know. She was too like, you kind of feel bad for yeah, her in that moment yeah well i mean we've mentioned that like she made him so it's kind of like that way of like kind of betraying her i don't think she believed he would stake her i think yeah. it was a she was surprised surprise. i think he had to do it fast because i don't think he would have done it if he had thought about it right i think it was hard for angel too but it was also symbolic because it was like Angel's putting his past behind him and I think yeah. effectively choosing his human side mm-hmm. or Buffy over Darla and his vampire yeah. side. And I think it was just all too much for him. Like he immediately walks away after he mm-hmm. like stakes Darla. He's just like, wow, this is a lot for one night. Yeah. I need to go home. Right. And so then the master is like more angry than we've seen him before, pushing things yeah. over. He mentions that she was his favorite for 400, for 400 years. years. Yeah, it was a long time. Um, so she's much older than Angel. So yeah. she's got to really like him in order to sire him. And Master realizes, oh, hey, like Angel is legitimately on that side. He was supposed to join me on, I think, the day or whatever. Um, and then the anointed one kind of like, gives him a pep talk and is all like, hey, I'll kill her. We'll, yeah. I'll kill them all. Like, okay, <laughs> okay what, Colin. Well, yeah, what are you going to do, Colin? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go back to your bus, Colin. So then in the bronze. Mm-hmm. Buffy's blue. <laughs> We love when she's in blue. Talking about how like she almost feels like he's watching her. Yeah. And then like Willow has like, well, that's probably because he, he is. is. <laughs> the way he kind of is. And he's right over there watching you with his eyes. And like, I love how he immediately is like, how are you? How's your mom doing? Yeah. He asked about both yeah, of them. Very sweet. Look, this can't be anything. Mm-hmm. And they're both like, we got to walk away from this. But neither of them can. Yeah. And like, and the scene's so like beautiful because you can tell they both like have such a draw to each other and They're, they have yeah, such a, a desire for each other but yet they know yeah mm-hmm. they know that like as long as she's a vampire slayer and he's a vampire yeah. like it's just it's doomed you know i love the whole one of us has to walk away from here and yet neither one of them does and yeah. as she says viewer, i know they kiss and mm-hmm. then she's like painful i know 
And then you see the cross like yeah. burned in. Yeah. And there's also that sweet moment with like Xander where he's like, as long as they're not kissing, that's fine. And then Willow's yeah. like, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just so symbolic because as a viewer, you're watching this and you're just like, oh, like they're going to have a hard road ahead of them mm-hmm. simply because, you know, he has a past and and it's just even like the cross burning into his chest at the end is symbolic of the fact that he is literally playing with fire. She's literally playing with fire. Mm-hmm. They know this yeah. is not going to end well. This is not going to be good, but they are just, they care for each other so much. Yeah. You can tell it's not just like, oh, I'll get over this. It's like, mm-hmm. not you guys are in love. This yeah. Is hurt. yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, man, such a good episode. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Oh, probably one of, I mean, I think there's a couple good episodes of season probably one. Probably one of the oh. first ones in season one where you're like, oh, like yeah. this is going somewhere. This one so really starts to set this tone for yeah. the rest of the show. You're starting to just see a lot of layers and really care for these characters. Yeah, yeah it's. Which is crazy. So like well it's done. episode seven and you're already like almost crying because you're like, what the heck? Yeah. I want these characters just be yeah. happy. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Oh, so good. Um, Yeah, so thanks for listening in, guys. I think that's everything we have for our spoiler-free section of the Mm -hmm. podcast. Um, If you guys have any comments or anything you would like us to talk about in the next few episodes, um, go ahead and email us at becomingbuffypodcast at gmail.com, or you can follow us on Instagram at becomingbuffypodcast. We love to hear from the people who are listening in. What did you guys think of Angel? Like when you watched the episode, did you know that Angel was a vampire? Did you not? It's been a while since like we've all seen it with fresh Mm -hmm. eyes, so it's kind of cool to hear that from other people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, let us know. Um, if there's anything else we missed yeah exactly anything you picked up yep so let us know and we will talk to you guys later hello guys welcome to scooby secrets our favorite part yeah. So we get to talk about spoilers for Angel for this oh, episode. So, so much if good you stuff. made it to this point and you have not seen Buffy all the way through, go ahead and wait till next week's mm-hmm. or you're Angel. Like Leah. This episode is going to be spoilers for Angel, spoilers for Angel yep. as well. Of course. Sure. Yes. Ah, so excited. There's I so know. much I want to talk about. The first thing I noted was Darla's conversation with the master where he says, You have a personal interest in this. Mm hmm. Um, yeah. I just thought about all the stuff on Angel when it came to Darla because I just mm-hmm. recently watched Angel right. and I had no idea. Okay, and I don't know how I completely, completely missed mm-hmm. huge spoiler of him having a child. I had no yeah. idea. Absolutely none. That's because people crazy. hate him. <laughs> I knew Cordy died and I yeah. knew they like, quote unquote, fell in love. I'm yeah. so a little confused by that. I don't think they really were that much in love, <sighs> but... I had no idea how much Darla was a big factor She's in huge Angel yeah. in the show. I literally, when we're dying we were watching, when we were watching oh, yeah. Angel, <laughs> I literally forgot about Darla altogether. Like it's I forgot she, she dies because she dies yeah. in the seventh she's episode. She's only shown flashbacks she, for the rest of Buffy. Yeah, and she's and when she's shown back, it's like I'm not paying attention to who he's hanging out with. I'm paying attention to Angel. Like right. I'm not. Like, I'm glad <laughs> they sure. gave her more of a character because I always thought she was interesting. Yeah, and I kind of like to see his draw towards darkness and yeah you, that's the reason why well, he now, kind of like, like went off a little bit in season yeah two well three? now that i go back all seasons and i see it <laughs> like i understand that she was a much bigger character than i thought right. she was but the first time i went through it 
like I don't I completely blocked her out like mm-hmm. I completely forgot about her and then when we watched Angel and like she showed up I literally remember being like who is that mm-hmm. and all of you guys being like that's Starlo like, to be fair Starla? we have the hardest time differentiating blondes yeah she they all look alike to be fair a lot of times on TV shows all the blonde characters look the same and act the same. No, the blondes look so different in the Buffy That's universe, so and yet Leah <laughs> to me still like cannot. they seem the same. I I know like obviously she got Kate and Darla mixed up all oh, the time. Oh well, that yeah, that one they're not they don't look similar, but like I just they both were kind of annoying to me. So I was like, oh, they're the same. Very person. different characters. Yeah, very yeah, different. but I under like I knew who. Um, I'm literally forgetting her name. <laughs> oh my word! What's her Case name? in point. Um. Uh, Cordelia's friend. What's her name? Oh, Harmony. Yes. See, I Dude, how did you forget Harmony? <laughs> oh, my word. I know who she is. I forgot her name. They are all completely <laughs> different characters with completely different character traits. All, all of that to say, um, walking it back again a- after knowing everything in Angel, it's crazy that it kills mm-hmm. her. It makes it so much mm-hmm. more impactful. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, it's insane. Yeah, so and shout out if like, you haven't watched Angel. There is a lot of good stuff to see. There's yeah. a lot of foreshadowing in this episode to Angel yep. as well. Which is crazy because the, they had just only decided to have Julie Benz as Darla come back. Well, they hadn't even decided at that point to make a spinoff TV show. All of this was just like, obviously you see little inconsistencies here and there. Like they talk about how Angel's like, I haven't fed on a human being since the gypsy. And yeah, that's you not see true. That one He's episode. fed on a couple of human. Uh, there's well, a couple. He well, fed on that dude in the submarine. The, says, oh. the dude in the submarine. He well, he also fed on the, the dead guy in the um well that that one can kind of be the like, restaurant the guy it, wasn't actually dead he was dying and yeah. he just decided to and oh, then there was like one more there was faith. like one more girl in an alley that i think he fed on and then stopped halfway through yeah and was like oh no yeah I'm there's like a this there's a couple there's a few because yeah. it takes him a little while to actually mm-hmm. like realize oh i can't i guess you could use the argument where anymore. he didn't like hunt them they just mm-hmm. kind of showed up and were either or he dying, was forced to or, it or wasn't like yeah, he was doing it maliciously right which you could use that argument which i could see yeah, but I mean, canonically, they hadn't planned it at that yeah. point. Yeah, and so. I mean, every show, especially when you make yep. a show this elaborate, is yep. going to have little mistakes and yeah. little errors. Like, and honestly, the errors for the show are so minor that, mm-hmm. like, unless you're like literally dissecting it, you kind of forget about them. Right, and the, and it can be excused with the fact that they weren't sure if they were going to get um, renewed. I will say, I think that this episode is probably the most important episode, with the exception of Prophecy Girl for the rest of the show and leading into season two. There's a lot of foreshadowing in their relationship I as mean, well. I mean, I really, well, actually, I really like Dreams or the one, not Dreams. The, the Nightmares, Nightmares one. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. That one actually foreshadows a lot because it foreshadows like how Giles feels about his Slayer dying. Mm-hmm. It talks about like Buffy's fears and like, so that one I think is also it probably is, as equally but important. you could watch the rest of the show without watching that one. Yeah, You that's have true. to see this that's episode true. if you're going to watch yeah, season that's two. True. There's a lot of information it's in, in it's this a, one. It's incredibly important. I mean, Prophecy yeah. Girl is important as well, but this one, you have to know who Angel is and where he comes from in order yeah. to understand why season two is so impactful. Yeah. I also noted from the show Angel, not the episode Angel. I need to like differentiate yeah, them because right. it's very confusing. They're both named the same. Um, when he was telling Buffy that it was a vampire that killed his parents. I know, I understand why they didn't dig too deep into that in Buffy because they didn't have as much time to go into his 
storyline mm-hmm. but in the show angel it shows like when he actually did like kill his family mm-hmm. and like that was just a very somber yeah crazy episode yeah. to watch especially yeah. his little sister who's the one that yep. called him angel first and that's he why he took yep. his name yeah Mm-hmm. I think um, one of the first things that I wrote down for the episode was like, obviously, we've talked about how the first season is very experimental in the fact that like J- uh, Joss is trying to get his footing and he's trying to like figure out how strong he wants to make his characters, how mm-hmm. weak, all the stuff. Um, and Buffy is so weak in this point. She gets taken yeah. down by three vampires. Mm-hmm. And I know they're supposed to be like, you know, the three, like, ooh. The greatest but, warriors yeah. ever. <laughs> and I think there is something to be said about the fact of, like, Buffy has not had a ton of training, so she does get increasingly better. But it's just so funny to me that she, like, gets taken down by these three vampires. And really fast, And too. then, but what's even crazier is, like, how, no fight. is, like, how weak Angel is. Mm-hmm. Like, Angel comes He's in. He's also inexperienced at this point, yeah. though. Again, there can, a lot can be said about the fact that, like, they grow with the show. They more, you know, all this stuff. But, like... He's so weak. He, like, gets scratched once, and he's, like, down for the I count. think he just was doing that, though, to, like, hang yeah, out with her. Yeah, that could be explained like, oh, so as injured. Angel was trying to not tip it off that he was a vampire. That's yeah. true. You know? Yeah, because before was, he, like, gets stabbed yeah. with, like, swords and everything, pulls it out, and he's like, right. I'm fine. Right. Yeah. Well, we could say Buffy was weak simply because you have to start somewhere, and she oh, can't yeah. be too powerful at this point, and these are supposed to be some great warriors. Right. So the fact that, like, you know, they allow themselves to be sacrificed yeah. is well, to I be totally, a bigger blow. I totally understand, like, why they have her be weak and stuff. Yeah. It's just so funny to me going back and just being like, oh, my goodness, it is so good that this girl did not fight, like, the super big villains of, like, these, yeah, you know, right. like, four, five, six, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I think a part of that is just, like, she starts out being a lot like some of the other Slayers and, like, only relying on, like, her washer and, like, mm-hmm. what Slayers do. And then, like... As the show evolves, Buffy relies more and more on herself and, like, her gut. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just said washer. Okay, so I, I just wanted to mo- mention this moment real fast. When they're in the bronze and um, Cordelia and Xander bump into each other and that whole, like, trading barbs thing. I just oh, think it's yeah. so funny. The writers did not know that they were going to have them be in a romantic relationship at this point. Really? And Which is so, so funny because you, like, watching it back, you kind of feel like that's where they're leading. Well, and they yeah. said when they when they got to the point, I think it was What's My Line Part 1 where you see them kiss for the first time, they um, they were like, oh, we should have them, like, you know, kiss. And they're like, man, have we laid enough breadcrumbs? And they went back mm. and they were like, oh, no, we have to have yeah. them together. Yeah. Like, it's been leading up to this yeah. point. If you give characters that much hate for each yeah, other right it's At gonna be point, there's gonna be yeah. a point there's where an it's like well we have so much like passion towards yeah, each other it's either so like it's either we you kill, have to kill each them. other yeah. or we just you right. start dating yeah um i also wanted to talk about how when angel takes off his shirt in buffy's kitchen how angel's wearing a bracelet and a necklace and he like you never see him wearing jewelry at all in the show. Wears, I think he wears a necklace sometimes throughout the season show. Season three, you see him wearing a necklace, like when Buffy will come in right. um, to talk to him when he's living in that huge like mansion or whatever. But like, it's, it's honestly really just to, funny. it's just to make him look cooler. That's all it. Well, it's it a works, certain look that they were like, going yeah. for, and then they just didn't continue. I remember with him it. wearing like a, a chain a couple times. And only in Buffy, not in yeah, Show. Not I don't think he ever mm-hmm. wears it in Angel, yeah. It's just weird to see him now knowing who he is. Yeah. Because it's like they were He's trying to go flashy. for a different vibe. Yeah. And yeah. then you're like, this isn't Angel. This yeah. is weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then I wanted to talk about just how cool it is that we see 
um, the Darla and master dynamic, them talking together mm-hmm. and knowing that the master turned Darla because you never know yeah. that yeah. in the Buffy well, universe. That, and you know so like, much from the angel. Mm-hmm. It's also the fact See? of like, you kind of get more insight into why like Darla wants. Why she wants him back. Why she wants him back yep. because like, and the funny thing is when she makes that comment of like, oh, you're living up here like one of them. We know an angel yeah. that she was living with angel like that. And so I think that there's part of her that might be like spiteful. Well, and like, I, you know, and I've heard a couple people talking about how um, Master's like, oh, I miss Angel. He was like the most fierce creature or whatever. In the show, Angel, the Master doesn't seem to like him too much. Yeah. But I think that it could be played off as the Master misses the carnage and the fear yeah. that came with Angel. Oh, yeah. I think he respected like his, his craft. craft. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah sure. Like, his craft or he respected the demon in him and i think that that's what he misses well i also kind of view it in like a sense of he didn't like angel when he was with darla because he's protective over darla Mm, he's like he can say a little like i never really liked him you know that whole phrase that dads do when they break up or whatever so he could um he kind of is very protective over darla but yet he like respects him for like his vengeance and his you know crazy i think it's also interesting to to see darla as a character and the fact that like she started out by following the master mm-hmm. and she turned angel. Then her and angel were, you know, wreaking havoc on the world for years while the mm-hmm. master was off doing who knows what. And then angel leaves. And then I don't think it ever shows an angel, the show angel that she goes back to the master. So it's so funny that she like reverts back to like what she was before angel yeah, and just kind of goes back to like being his little servant and slave and then ends up dying by angel. Yeah, I think it's really interesting that when he talks about the last time he saw Darla, it was kimonos. And that yep. last time he saw Darla was the Boxer Rebellion. Wasn't it the time when she asked him to like drink the baby? Yeah, that was the last time he saw Darla. That's when he was like mm-hmm. that. And that she was, well, that she wasn't wearing a kimono then, but she would have worn a kimono during that time. Right. And I just think it's just really interesting. That's around that the time when um, Spike is fighting the, the Slayer. The, Slayer mm-hmm. the first one he kills. Yep. Was at that point like watching angel you don't really see he has his soul back yeah there's or, so much yeah, you miss episode. Yeah, you think he doesn't so have right before soul. they break mm-hmm. up right before angel's like i can't do this anymore yeah. and she like disowns them and they right. don't see each other for like 100 years and i think it's really interesting the scene with willow and buffy studying together and they're talking about how buffy can never have kids with angel and darla's listening and darla and angel have oh. a kid isn't that yeah. weird? Mm-hmm. Like so they many know, like little things. Yeah, they didn't plan Crazy. it, but it ended up happening that yeah. way. I'd also like to point out, uh, this is the first time we see Buffy with her crossbow. Yep. Yeah. I don't know iconic. why, but every time she like, I know that so like, iconic. as the show gets like, obviously towards the end, she becomes iconic for like the, the, the scythe. The scythe, yeah. But like for me, like what's iconic to me is like the crossbow. Like anytime mm-hmm. she gets that crossbow, I'm like, oh, something's about to go mm-hmm. down. Like I just, I love it. Like it's who she is and it's just like, but it's so interesting because like a crossbow is such like a, her weapon. Like mm-hmm. she can be at a distance. It's more like strategy. It's not like, you know, want to get your hands dirty like mm-hmm. Faith who has a knife. It's like she wants to be, you know, safe and out of the way oh, as possible. That's a good insight, Leah. Cause like Faith wants to get her hands dirty. She mm-hmm. wants to be up close and yeah. like mm-hmm. feel and it's the gonna be effect messy. of killing them. Yeah. And yet she's like, I'll keep my distance. Yeah. My favorite thing that Buffy does, my favorite like move that she does per se, is when she like tosses a um, stake at someone from afar and like yeah. hits them yeah. in the chest. I love when she does that. 
That's the coolest. And then you notice Kendra's weapon is just a classic stake. When Buffy tries to teach her how to use. But which is such a metaphor for who she is because Mm -hmm. very by the book. She's Mm -hmm. very patterned. You know, she's by, you know, she does everything according to tradition and everything like that. So like each of their traditional weapons kind of represents who they are, which I just love. Yeah, it's true. Um, the other thing that I thought was interesting was when they're in Buffy's room and she is afraid that he's read her journal and she talks about Ahmed, the foreign exchange student. In the next season, you have a foreign exchange student who's supposed to come and stay at Buffy's place. And um, Ampada is the girl's name. And oh, I, yeah, I don't remember what the boys, girl. I think the boy's name might have been Ampada or something really? like that. And then they just like transfer, <laughs> not so knowing funny. that they're like, it was a guy's name. But I just thought it was funny. She talks about foreign exchange student. And then, you know, a couple episodes later, there's a foreign (laughs) exchange student. Um, I think knowing Darla's backstory and that she was so romantically involved in Angel makes that moment when Angel stakes her so incredibly powerful for the both of them. Like the if you haven't watched Angel, then and you're just watching Buffy, which at this point you would you wouldn't know how big that moment was for him. But after watching Angel now, I'm like, man, and Darla dies four times on camera. We see her die this time. We see her die when the master comes and kills her the first time. We see her die when... Uh, Wait, when does the master kill her? When the master kills her to transform her into a vampire. She's dying of, um, oh, I forget what it is, syphilis or something oh, like I that. Mean, I guess I can, you can say that's them dying. No, it is. You have to die to become a vampire. Right. So that's to her dying the second time. Then the third time kill is... kill herself for... When she kills herself for Connor. Right. The fourth time is when Drusilla comes and kills her. So we see her die four times on camera. Dang, well, she kills her because been... she turns into a vampire again. Right, yeah, yeah. but that's her. That girl's been through everything. Dying. But she dies three times, two times, two times as a vampire, two times as a human, mm-hmm. <laughs> which Jeez. is funny. It's just, it's a lot, but it also, it works really well in the storyline. And oh, yeah. to know, see where Darla starts out and to know where she ends, it's one of the, one of the coolest story arcs. Yeah, I mean, I fan. kind of hate the whole Darla <laughs> pregnant weird thing sure but i will say it's cool that she got like a little bit of redemption and yeah. like that i thought that idea was really cool yep still hate the storyline though yeah but um on a sad note the scene where darla uh bites joyce mm. and then buffy comes rushing yeah. in you know right angel leaves it looks like eerily similar to when joyce dies actually in season Ooh. five because oh, she's, on yeah, the floor. she's on the phone she and goes she to goes, the phone says yeah, it's an address she says my mom's down Revella like Drive. she needs help like obviously the cause of death is different right but like it's eerily similar yeah. every time i watch that scene i always kind of get this like sense of like oh like this actually happens in the future like it's right. just so sad yeah i think that's how everyone who um watched the show probably expected Joyce to die was through a vampire attack but yep. the fact that she yeah um okay so the other thing I want to talk about was I thought this was really cool so Darla mocks Angel and she keeps saying you know Buffy's not ex- gonna accept who you are she's like do you think um something about like she would want to kiss you kiss your true face which was really interesting because in What's My Line, part one. In season two. Yeah, in season mm-hmm. two, Buffy and Angel are kissing on the ice and he doesn't want her to kiss him because yeah. he has his vampire and goes, face. And she oh, goes, I didn't even notice. I didn't even notice as oh, she touches so it. Cute. Yep. Yep. Which I thought was precious yeah. because it shows just how much they come to know each other mm-hmm. and she knows his heart. And so she's like, yeah. I believe that you're good. Yeah. You know, well, and then that, and it's vampire. just like, it's just the fact of like, 
you know, Angel had all these insecurities and really saw him as a demon. Mm -hmm. And so, like, he tried everything to not portray that himself to Buffy. But, like, Buffy is just so good in just being like, I see that in you, but I also see the good. And I think Mm -hmm. that's, this episode is the very first beginning of that. It's like, Angel is trying to show her, like, I'm this evil guy. You have to kill me. I'm not worth redemption. Mm -hmm. And she's standing in front of him and she's being like, yes, you are. And we see that multiple times throughout the show where, like, Mm -hmm. Angel kind of is like, I'm not a good person. I'm not a good person. She's like, no, but you you are you choose to right. be good like even um that one episode the christmas episode mm-hmm. where she's like, like standing there hard yeah and it's every day yeah and mm-hmm. she's like she's like no you're like you're good you fight and everything right. and it's just like one of those very few moments where you know she's like you are you can choose to be good you mm-hmm. can choose to be someone worthwhile absolutely and it, that it carries over into the show angel you know angel flounders a little bit on the show simply because he was doing everything that he could to regain his redemption and his soul, but he had Buffy to help him. And when he goes on to LA by himself, he has to figure out how to do that without her and on his own. And I think Mm -hmm. that that's like the relationship between Angel and Buffy will always be like my favorite because like Angel was so, so lost. And then he found Buffy and he like saw this like kind, wonderful person and like was like, I want to be like that. I want mm-hmm. to be someone in the world who makes a difference and change. Right. And then, you know, when they couldn't be together at the end of season three, he goes off to do good things because he's seen that in Buffy and wants mm-hmm. to be someone good because he, she sees that in him mm-hmm. and he wants to become that. And then, yeah. you know, in my head. At the end of season seven, when they like talk about how it's going to be a while, it's like both of them have like kind of found their own and then they meet together at the end because in my head, they still still end up together. So, um, I kind of like want to like jump gears a little bit, but when they're in the school right after she finds out he's a vampire and she says, could a vampire be a good person? And this is like such a topic later Mm -hmm. on with Spike. And it's like the first time, I mean, this one's a little bit more clear because he's Mm -hmm. a soul, but you see Spike. And I I know we've touched on this a little bit where you see Spike do good things in season five, yet he has no soul. Mm -hmm. So it's just, it's a constant debate of like, yeah, he did, he did good things and he protected her, he protected on and everyone else. But yet I believe it was more selfish. Like his love for Buffy was very Mm -hmm. selfish at that point. Well, I think the whole concept of a soul is what makes Buffy the Empire Slayer one of the things that makes it unique from other shows like Vampire Diaries or others. It's not you're a good vampire because you're just you choose to do good things versus bad things. Right. There's something fundamentally makes you good or bad and it makes for a lot of gray and it makes for a lot of really interesting conversation. But it's also cool that like even when they do have their soul, they can choose to be good or bad after that. Mm -hmm. So like Angel, there are times Mm -hmm. where you see him falter. So it's not that your soul inherently makes you good. It's that your soul gives you the opportunity to choose to be good or bad. Right. Well, you see tons of humans in the show that are evil, like Warren and others. They have souls, but they choose to be evil, you know? So yeah, Yeah. it leads to a lot of really interesting conversation. I think... I love it. I personally believe... In the show, if you don't have a soul, you can do nice things, but they're not for pure reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we see that with Spike. Like, mm-hmm. he, I absolutely love Spike. Like, in, yeah. you know, the seasons, he's hilarious and I love him as a character. But you can tell, like, 99% of the things he does for Buffy is because he wants her to love him. Mm-hmm. He wants her selfishly it's not a, it's motivated. Not a pure and I don't even think he recognizes that. Like, yeah. you see him get frustrated because he's like, I'm doing all these things. Like, why don't you yeah. love me? And Buffy's like, just kind of sitting there and she's like, no, you're not doing this like for you know because it's good you're doing this because you want something you want money you want me and you don't see him actually like 
prefer meets before his own until season seven when mm-hmm. he has his soul. Right. Yeah. Um, shifting gears real fast. So the master, when he finds out that Angel killed Darla, said he was supposed to join the master on the day. And he doesn't say what that day is. I'm assuming it's supposed to be like the resurrection day. Probably. Um, or like the day that he comes out. But I often wonder if that was supposed to be kind of like a wink and a nod at the Sean Shu redemption. Like if the master was expecting to be the part of that big battle um mm. uh hmm. between good and evil and when angel gets his soul yeah no but like the battle between like uh the senior partners and stuff i wonder if the master knew about that and like obviously they didn't have that in mind yet that could be yeah. also a, a little to it i love at the end when buffy's necklace is burning into angel such metaphor so angel had said to buffy when he when they were in the bronze he said i wanted to kill you then later on, you have the cross that's burning into Angel. Well, there's another scene later on in the show where Spike says, mm-hmm. I dreamed of killing you when he finds out he got his soul back. And then he hugs a cross that mm-hmm. burns him. It's a very kind of Symbolism. cool. Yeah, it's very cool, like parallel between the two characters yep. and to show that like there's a difference now. And it's mm-hmm. almost that that moment of her inside of the bronze and hearing Angel has his soul is very similar to that moment in that church with Spike finding out that he has a soul yeah, as well. Yeah. Even the lighting and everything mm-hmm. is really, really yeah. cool. And it's I think it's really interesting that they set up right away, this can never work as long as you are a vampire, yeah. a vampire slayer. That is why, in my personal opinion, I think that... <laughs> okay, here's... I'll go on a tiny, tiny, tiny rant. Okay. The thing is, is that... We're listening. If Willow can do all this magical stuff, right? And if there is a Shanshu prophecy, I 100% believe that Angel at some point would have been turned into a human. Absolutely. I think for the show's purpose, they had to keep him as a vampire. Yeah. So I feel like after the show, like eventually Will's going to be able to. Like like it has to be him rather than Spike. You need to write your own fanfic, Leah. Well, and here's the thing is that We'll live vicariously through you. Here's the thing is that Spike actually never really wants to be human. Like you can tell he actually likes being a vampire. And so it's like, I don't think that he would become a human. Not to mention- I don't know. I think he wanted to be human, but I think that he didn't want to become human as much as Angel simply because he- it wasn't as painful for him every time that he, well, I don't know if it's painful, but he has the ability and I think the emotional ability to kind of move past things and to separate himself from yeah. the pre-soul yeah. spike and the And it took him like, he even made a joke. Angel. He was like, it took you three weeks to get over his soul right. and everything. And yet like angels been tortured right. for like yeah. 80 something. But, but angels also, also think, cursed. Yeah. I too, also think know? though they would have never, ever, ever mentioned the Shanshu prophecy in like season one of Angel <laughs> if they weren't weren't planning on eventually giving it to him like quite that's possibly. just so evil to mention it for like quite five possibly. seasons and then be like oh, we're giving it to swipe just because like i don't i don't believe it i don't i, I, I don't also want to know like this is the first time you hear xander jump on any opportunity <laughs> for buffy to kill angel yeah. no they're like First oh, but, many. But, but he's a but he's a vampire so you gotta kill him you gotta stake him yeah. like immediately he jumps yeah, he's like, any oh, darn, and he'll keep bringing it up yeah. until forever. He's like, well, I never liked Angel. You know, tries to kill him all the time. Um, I also want to note that Buffy's quick thinking when she finds out that 
Angel isn't a vampire. She's like, all right, got to kill him. She's trying to convince herself to do it really fast. Whereas you see with Spike, like she was always making excuses for him. She was always being like, well, like I'm not going to kill him. Everyone was like, Buffy, like you're clouded. Your judgment is very clouded when it comes to Spike. Like he's doesn't have a soul like Angel has. Um, and yet she like never took any opportunity to even not even like kill him, but like cut him out of everyone's like life. And yet like right away, you kind of see a different, she even talks about this in, I forget what episode in later seasons where she's talking with Giles. And she says like, I feel like that spark in me where I had to kill Angel for the world. I feel like it's just gone. Oh, season five is the gift. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, She's talking about how choices aren't easy anymore and that she doesn't want to live in a world where she has to make these choices. Well, I think part of that is that one, when she found out that he was a vampire, her world was still very black and white. Mm -hmm. Um, Last thing on my end, I wanted to talk about, and I wrote this down in like a huge mark on my page because I feel like (laughs) if there was one, just one interaction between Buffy and Angel that described their relationship, it's at the end of this episode. Yeah, I agree. She says, one of us has to go here. Or mm-hmm. he says, one of us has to go here. And she says, I know. And then as it's like the cross is burning him, she says, it hurts, doesn't it? Oh, it's just like... It's painful, I know. And But before that, she says, gotta walk away from this. Yep. Yeah. And both of them, neither one of them want to walk away. And they, they let it go on for way longer than mm-hmm. it should. And yeah. then it ends up hurting them at yeah. the end. It's like, it's so symbolic. Mm-hmm. It's so good. And I know that they don't have the ending that it ended up with in season three in the beginning right now. They thought they're going to kill him off in season two and that was going to be it. Yeah. But I feel like their their ending was a lot more tragic in season yeah. three because he had they had to walk away rather than him just dying. Yeah. Yeah. But, but it's okay because they're together. Yeah. Yeah. That interaction yeah. I watched again, I was like, dang, like, this is this is exactly what their relationship is like, that yeah. whole interaction. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting because the episode was very pivotal for many reasons. But one of the reasons is... It um, was written by David Greenwald, who ended up being the main uh, producer for show Angel. Um, Joss would, you know, come and write things and help out with stuff. But David Greenwald was the one who's mainly like spearheading it because mm-hmm. Joss had Firefly and was finishing up Buffy. So this episode was the first episode that Marty Noxon actually watched. And it was what convinced her to come on to Buffy as a writer. Mm-hmm. Marty Noxon is responsible for pretty much... A, a lot of stuff. She of season six, six of Buffy. Yeah. Yeah. She's yeah. responsible. She, she made some joke. She was like, I'm the one who ruined everyone's yeah. favorite characters yeah. in season yeah, six. Yeah, I ruined season six. Yeah. But um And she, season two, right? With Angelus. Yeah. Was she the she, one who she was yeah, I mean Joss did a lot of that. But she Yeah. So Marty Knox and she is really cool. She was one of the first female producer. They didn't have a lot of female producers until at least on Buffy until she came in. And I really believe her um, leadership helped so much with writing some amazing female characters. This show has <laughs> the best female character arcs, yeah. like of any show I've ever seen. There's mm-hmm. so many just BA women mm-hmm. in this show. Well, and they just Xander is the only like <laughs> human character, and he's the only like male yeah. out of like younger male. Like mm-hmm. Giles is, has a whole history that I wish that they had. Oh, I wish they'd done flashbacks yeah. or something to give his character more. Yeah depth not more depth but to see his past yeah but like all the girls have something something yeah. cool about them yeah but i just i think that it's very rare to see female characters done in a very strong and like beautiful way at the mm-hmm. same time like these characters were more than just one thing they weren't just like 
you know, the pretty popular character mm-hmm. and like the nerdy character and the strong character. Like they were everything. Like mm-hmm. Buffy is beautiful and strong and vulnerable smart and smart. And, yep. and so like, so is Willow. She's smart, but she's also beautiful and strong. And like, they just, yeah, they just gave yep. such well-rounded characters as they should. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's just, it's amazing. You see that all throughout the show. Yeah. But Marty Noxon says that she was driving down the road and saw a poster for Buffy, Vampire Slayer, the show, and was like, oh, they're remaking that horrible movie. And she remembers like judging it so hard. And then she watched this episode and she said the moment specifically Mm -hmm. where Buffy comes up to Angel and and basically invites him to bite her neck. She knew she saw what they were doing was like, whoa, this show has so much going for it. And so then she um, came and was applying to be a writer and Joss asked her what can you bring to this show and she says pain so much pain he was like you're hired (laughs) that's so funny and i i love how we're thankful for the pain Mm -hmm. there's multiple stories of actors or writers or whoever who were fans of the show and saw what they were doing first like we've talked about james marsters the first Mm -hmm. episode he saw was the pack ironically so many better episodes but he saw that one he saw what they were going for and then Mm -hmm. like you know we just talked about she saw you know this episode and so it's so cool that like writers and actors believed in what the show was trying to do and they believed in it so much that they were like i want to be a part of that and it really shows in their work yeah so the last thing I wanted to say was in the bronze when Buffy and Angel are talking about how they need to walk away from this and stuff. There's a song playing in the background. And Tabby mentioned that, you know, it seemed a lot like that episode of Buffy and Angel on Angel. I will remember you. So the, name of, the oh, name of the song. That episode hurts me. The name of the song is I Will Remember You Stop, by Sophie Zolani. And said yep. it too. And they re- and they, uh-huh. they specifically they, named they said, that. They said I she said I won't forget in the song. Mm-hmm. I was like, what? Yep. This, this is crazy. If you guys haven't seen Angel, I don't know what episode it is. I think it's like twelve or thirteen, something it was in like the that. First it's season, in the first for season, sure. it's called I Will Remember You, and it's an amazing episode between Angel and Buffy. Probably yeah. one of and the And if top. you're like it's, yeah, a Buffy fan and you have not seen any of Angel, you need to see at least that episode and another episode of the Buffy. Yeah, because like I will be the first to not condemn (laughs) anyone for watching all of Angel because probably about 50% of the show I was not a huge fan of. Um, But I think that there are absolutely, absolutely amazing things in that show and that there is so many good character arcs of people from Buffy and then people not from Buffy that just make the show worth watching. But if you don't want to watch it, there are some amazing crossover episodes. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I thought that was pretty cool. And there's so much more that we have to look forward to and so much more to talk about later. I'm really excited. We're starting to get into some really good episodes. I know. Oh, this is like just the beginning. This is like the first episode where it really like jump starts everything. Yeah, it's true. So thanks again for um, listening. And please, 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 please email us if there's any little facts, tidbits that you had or anything that you want us to talk about in future episodes. You can email us at becomingbuffypodcast at gmail.com or you can find us on Instagram, becomingbuffypodcast. Um, We always love hearing from our viewers and we're really excited to continue watching season one of Buffy. Until next time. 